and welcome to another bonus episode of Half Hour Mentor with me, Ian Cleverdon. This time, literary agent, editor and ghostwriter Matthew Smith is in the hot seat. If you haven't listened to his fascinating journey through the world of publishing, then do go back and have a listen to the main episode. I did actually record the main interview with Matthew before I had the idea of doing these quick-fire questions. That said, I didn't want to leave him out from this bit of fun, and he kindly agreed for me doing a return visit to his home to do this light-hearted interrogation. So let's hear the results. So question number one, Matthew. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the best book ever written and why? The best book ever written? That's that's an excellent question. Uh, If I was a spiritual man it would probably be the bible wouldn't it um particularly if i was getting a percentage of sales um the best book ever written i don't think there is one actually if i'm thinking about it because the best book ever written is different for every single person who reads one the best book ever written for me is the spire by william golding and i know plenty of people who've read that and hate it so that's it's the best book ever written is the book that means most to you that you keep coming back to, the one you reread or the one that had such a monumental effect you couldn't put it down or the one you're still thinking about 30 years later, which is what I am doing with The Spire. Yeah, so I think that's an impossible question to answer, but easy to answer for each individual. What was the last book you read? The last book I read was uh, Joe Abercrombie, uh, The Wisdom of Crowds. Um, how was it or how is it I, I'm a big Joe Abercrombie fan he he, I think is too simply listed as a, a fantasy author but he's not he writes brilliant stuff about politics and human nature and uh, the more negative aspects maybe of human nature um, there's always a conspiracy there's a good mix of characters it's intelligent writing it's very unique and original um i read across genres so i love crime i love fantasy i love uh, literary fiction at the moment i'm i'm in a joe abercrombie mood and this is this was the last in the trilogy so uh, yeah i really enjoyed it great in the world of book publishing what's the one thing you would change so people immediately go get rid of Amazon get rid of Amazon but no it's it's not that um, I'd bring back well we talked about this before and I'd bring back more risk I'd actually bring back some courage and bravery I know that's not something that's easy to do it's not a you know it's not about improving your printer or um, improving your editorial process it, it, it's actually about people being a bit more brave in the industry and taking a few risks with some brilliant writing because I think readers, we've got to have more faith in readers and what they're they're willing to read and what they enjoy and what they embrace. And uh, we just can't keep feeding them quite asinine, boring 99p thrillers. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Great answer. You can recommend to an amateur writer one thing separate from writing and finishing the book that will help them get known. What would that be? Well, well, there's the obvious answer of sort of running a TV quiz or being on Love Island. Um, but I, I actually think it's about being part of the writing community first. I think, you know, we've talked before about authors. It's very easy as a writer to become isolated. 
um, because you are working in isolation, you're creating in isolation, you're often taking inspiration from everything around you, but you're putting that down just as alone by yourself. And I think writers, particularly as they're developing into authors, and we've, we've talked about that step, they need to know really how, how other writers think. They need to know what other writers have gone through. And they need to know as well what readers think and how readers react and respond to books. So I think, you know, the, the best thing I can say is, you know, there's no, there's no simple button to press, but the first thing you can do and should do is get to know your fellow writers because most of them are very approachable and, and are very happy to give advice mm. and support. So start there. Find fellow writers on dreaded social media and uh, start chatting. That was a, a really good resonant point that you made in the in your interview. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very consistent. Um, last question. Yes. In this part, anyway. Name three well-known people, living or dead, who you would invite round for dinner. Oh God, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I think I'd, I'd love to talk to Salman Rushdie at the moment. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of his work, actually, but just because of what he's gone through, who he is as a writer, um, where he's been, what he's done, how he's lived, I think. And, and of course, the writing creative process. I think that would be fascinating. How he feels now, you know, um, the power of words and also the danger of words. I think that would be... That would be incredibly interesting. Mm. I think I'd I'd really like to talk to him. Mm. Oh, two and three. I mean, it's such a long list, isn't it? Such a long list. And would they get on with Salman Rushdie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd quite like to talk to Michael Caine, actually, Sir, Sir Michael Caine, um, just because I've always been a fan of his films. I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with his politics, I shouldn't think, or some of his views, but... Um, I'm a big fan of his work and I'd love to just chat to him and be slightly awestruck about sitting with a film star who still seems to retain quite a few of his roots. Mm. So I think I'd quite like to have a conversation with him. And I think finally, I think it would have to be another creative, probably music. I think at the moment it would be Warren Ellis uh, the musician rather than well actually though I'd, I'd still quite like to talk to Warren Ellis the novelist but Warren Ellis the musician um, he's been Nick Cave and the band yes but he's done some he's done some fascinating um, soundtrack work um, and I'm not a musical person I just like listening to music and I I think he could tell me quite a lot about the musical like the creative process that I'd find interesting I am slightly worried I've given very three very male-centric answers, um, but you know, you put me on the spot and that's what I'm gonna go with. Great. I'm gonna ask you three others that I've got anyway, just for the sake of it, yep. and that nicely leads on because I, I was hoping you'd mention a, a music one. What do you think's the best song ever written? <laughs> and why? The, oh God, Ian, these are really tough. Um, the best song ever written. That's a bit like um, asking about the most important book because it, it's what music is very personal, isn't it? And it's what it means to you at a particular time. And 
mm-hmm. how it makes you feel, the images and the memories it 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 and the feelings it provokes. Um, I'm very tempted to just not answer that and be really. I do love. I have to say, I do love painted black by the Rolling Stones. Why? There's just something about that vibe that's very out of my time because I was born just after it really hit, you know, the whole Vietnam uh, changing the world scene. There's something quite dark about it, obviously, um, but there's quite a strong vibe to it. It's out there. It's different, particularly for its time. They've nothing else like it. Um, So I'm going to go with that at the moment, but it will probably change tomorrow morning. (laughs) This is a bit linked to a previous question, but it is slightly different. It's in your opinion, what makes a great book? Not what's the greatest book, but what do you think makes a great book? I think first and foremost, it's one that's read. I mean, that that sounds a ridiculous answer, doesn't it? But I think there are probably lots of great books that are sitting in drawers or, well, actually now sitting on laptops that are incredible books but they're not because no one's read them and i don't even i don't even mean they have to be published i mean they they just have to be read and appreciated um i myself can be very very critical of very commercial books that are almost created for their market but if someone's reading them then they're they're a great book because they're doing their job and if a reader loves it start to finish you know I'm i'm not a huge fan of romance novels for example but you know, that's a huge market of people who could take great joy from everything mm. they read. And uh, they're great books. They're great books. So I think it's it's any book that's read is a great book. And uh, I just wish there were more of them. Right. This is the last question now. Okay. A prospective writer or authors sending their work to you for feedback or development support. What does the perfect submission look like to you? The, the perfect submission is a writer that's genuinely thought about who's going to read their book and why. And that actually has the courage to admit that it's a commercial process and not just a creative process. So that they've actually thought about how that book's going to be commissioned, who's going to commission it, why they would commission it, and how they're going to make money from it. Because we've talked about this before Ian you know I'd love it to just be about creativity and writing something beautiful or amazing or or inspirational something that blows your mind but it's pointless if no one's going to invest in it and put it on a shelf for you and get it out there and would you appreciate having that the strategy of what they plan to do included in the submission yeah it's it they don't have to tell me exactly how it's going to sell. They just need to be aware of the market. You know, it's no good writing a book about banking and telling me that there's 30 million potential readers because that's how many people have got bank accounts. <laughs> but believe me, I've had that proposal. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if you're writing a crime thriller and it's in a particular genre, say a police procedural then you should be very aware of who the leading authors are or how your book aligns with those leading authors or the books that they're selling. And if you're not, then bloody well learn it. Matthew, thank you. Pleasure.
I'm so glad I had those extra few questions up my sleeve. As you'll appreciate, I just couldn't leave them out of the edit. I must confess that Matthew contacted me the next day and asked if he could change his answers as if he got about someone who he would definitely include to dinner. I'm sure that the vast majority of us, including me, would have that after the event light bulb moment. As you can tell though, the answer I gave him was no. Thanks to Matthew for being such a good sport. You can learn all about him and his team at Exprime by visiting the website link in the show notes. Well, that's it for now. Thanks very much for listening and do please share the podcast series with anyone who you feel would enjoy or gain great developmental benefit from it. Do also let me know if there are any topics or mentors that you would like to hear from in future via my email address in the show notes. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you.